Superpowers on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast show. I'm your host, Tatiana Berenday, and today I'm really excited to have with me someone who I'm honored to call a dear friend, a beautiful soul, an amazingly powerful woman, Dev Brie. And we're going to be talking about a spiritual journey into the body, which is a topic that I think both of us could discuss at length uh, in multiple different ways. And we'll see the twists and turns that we choose to go on today in this conversation. Um, let me first tell you a little bit about Dev. Dev has been working therapeutically and facilitating rites of passages for girls, women, men, and couples for over a decade. She received an ordination from the IM School of Healing Arts in 2004 and received her master's degree in somatic psychology in 2007. She's a certified Hakomi therapist and has extensive training in a variety of body-oriented healing modalities, including somatic experiencing, a trauma resolution therapy and biodynamic cranial sacral therapy, a gentle hands-on alignment of the body's subtle inner rhythms. At Essence, Dev is a dancer, and a beautiful one at that, I will attest to. She is a certified soul motion teacher and offers movement ministry throughout the world. She's the founder and co-creator of Honeyroot Women's Embodiment Community, an organization devoted to somatics, sisterhood, social justice, and intergenerational collaboration. In addition to supporting the reawakening of the body wisdom, assisting couples in the spiritual dance of relationship is one of Dev's greatest gifts and deepest passions. And I just love you, and I'm so glad that you're here today. And Mm. I want to say also, I just want to let everyone know that Dev Dev is really one of my teachers as well. I consider her a friend and a teacher. I learned so much just from your beingness and from the way that you show up. And so I'm really excited that you said yes to to being on the show so that you could share some of yourself with more of us. Mm. Thank you so much, Tatiana. It's it's not only (laughs) moving to be able to reflect on what I've done with my life in terms of a bio, but also to hear it through your voice. I can really feel how your mm-hmm. resonance touch, touches my heart and to be here with you in this way, just um, it lights me up. So I feel tender and exuberant as I hear you. Thanks mm-hmm. so much for, for inviting me. Absolutely. Absolutely. You were, when I was first uh, given this show, uh, you were one of the first people I wanted to have on it. So I'm glad that we're, we're finally here together. And of course, I'm going to ask you, because I ask everybody what your superpowers are. I'm excited to hear, hear your answer to this one. Mm, me too. <laughs> I, I, I mean, part of, part of the me too there is that I love being asked the question and just listening. listening. So I think... I think one of my superpowers is really allowing the moment to guide me. Mm. So I don't do a lot of planning ahead these days. I'm madly in love with the uh, version of listening I do, and I consider that one of my superpowers, um, listening to the moment. And, and I'd say the other superpower is um, 
that I have built the capacity, and we'll talk more about this, but I've built the capacity in my body to be very welcoming and friendly to uh, a wide range of emotional expression. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear a lot that people feel really welcomed uh, in my presence, and I just delight in that because that's what I want people to feel. And I think a big part of that is um, that it's not just a an idea that I want to welcome people as they are. I think I actually have the capacity to do so. So uh, I will, uh, I'll, call, I'll call that a superpower. Absolutely. I would agree with that. I think that, you know, why I, I say, and I really mean that you are one of my teachers is because just the way that you carry yourself and the, the beingness that you carry. I was telling a friend of mine actually about you the other day, and I was saying, it's like, you have to slow down to catch up with her. And, mm-hmm. and there's something to that, right? Because we move so fast um, in our culture these days that the, the, you've done so much work cultivating care of your nervous system and care of that emotional expression through the body that it's, I mean, you are truly like one of the most embodied people that I know in that regard. Um, mm-hmm. It's a real gift that you carry and that you teach just by living, by being who you are. Um, so I just want you to know that and I want anyone listening to know that spending time with Dev is really an education in and of itself if you choose to show up for it because um, mm. she, really, she really holds herself in such a beautiful way. So I can't think of a better person to talk on this topic of a spiritual journey into the body because um, mm. I think she lives it more than almost anyone else that I've ever met. Mm. Thank you. Oh my gosh, Tatiana, I'm totally going to borrow that. (laughs) Um, You need to slow down. You need to slow down in order to catch up with her. I just love it. Thank you. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's true. And it's been my experience. And I I just, I love you for that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so let's, let's talk about this a little bit. Um, You know, we don't have we actually have like two minutes or something before we need to go into the break and then we'll dive into this topic for as long as the time allows. Um, what do I want to, there's so many things I want to ask you and there's so many places, I guess maybe just starting with what, what we, what we touched on before we started the recording um, about really this, this tantric journey of going into the dark spaces going into the depths so that we could receive more of the light, more of the seeing from the higher places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, one of my, one of my favorite things to do is to take these, um, these spiritual teachings, these, these things that we read in almost every tradition, whatever book we open or whatever teacher we listen to, and actually find a way to have a personal felt experience of it. And things like, you know, you have to drop your roots in order to, to, to extend your branches um, is a beautiful uh, way to think about things. And it's a much more difficult thing to actually um, build the capacity to do in your body. So, um, things like where we're experiencing tension, um, and tension can be in relationship, tension can be something that we're feeling 
in the field between us and another. Tension can be something that we're feeling in our muscles or, you know, in the way our bones are, are interacting with each other. Um, in our energy field, tension is something that many of us uh, steer away from. Um, we've developed in our adult lives many strategies and many different uh, parts of our personality to kind of uh, wiggle through or to to work around these places of tension. It's a whole nother path to actually slow down enough <laughs> to notice that it's occurring and then to embrace it, you know, like a friend, like a like a an area of life that you just want to get to know better, that you just like a teacher exactly exactly and the good news is that the more we build a capacity for that uh relationship for feeling those darker deeper places or the places of tension uh and give them breath and give them attention the two key medicines um what gets to open is so much possibility all the things that many of us reach for and strive for in our life are just uh, waiting for our breath and our intention um, in those places of tension. So it's, it's true. It really works that if we can slow down enough to be with those areas that we're often skirting away from, uh, what opens up is vast possibility and new experience. Yes, and this is a, a place where you and I find deep resonance and, and agreement and, you know, are both on that path and on that journey in our own lives, in our own ways. But I, I couldn't agree with you more that it's, it's the attention and the breath. I mean, those, I love how you said those two medicines because they really are the foundational medicines that I work with. Um, and then, you know, there's all the, the plants and the sound and all those other juicy things that we can build on top of it. But really, when you break it down, if you're going to come to the core of, of, of what we need to administer <laughs> in terms of a medicine, it's breath and it's attention. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what's so, what's so cool is that we have access to those. Um, right. I might be in the wrong town for that particular plant, or or I might right. I might uh, not have the the right tone of sound bowl. But there's something about breath and attention actually being birthright. Something that I come in with that, um, right. that makes it really handy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Isn't that lovely? The first the first medicines you have you carry within you. Yeah. That's why I I turn to breath all the time for that reason, because as long as we are alive in these bodies, we have access to breath. Mm -hmm. And it's been one of my greatest teachers. Um, and so I really want to want to dive more and pick your brain a little bit more about, um, you know, journeying into the darker spaces and the, the gifts that are that are found inherent within that process. Because I think that that's, um, you know, there's some shadow work there that, that we don't necessarily, you don't see enough of, especially in like the personal development arena and, and all of that kind of world. You know, it's all about light. It's all about up and out and growth and go, go, go. And sort of this more, um, you know, what I generally relate to is like the more masculine forward moving, you know, linear direct energy. And there's, but there's a beauty in a gift in the darkness. Mm -hmm. and um, 
And it really does strengthen and grow one's capacity to be able to hold that light when we, when we journey into those spaces. So um, I really want to dive into that a little bit more with you after the break. We are going to go to a quick break, but before we do, can you tell everybody where they can find out more about you and your work? Oh, sure. Um, I guess the easiest is through the websites. One for my personal work is uh, movingfromthecenter.com, movingfromthecenter.com. And then uh, the organization that you and I have played in together, Honeyroot, uh, honeyroot.org. So movingfromthecenter.com and honeyroot.org are good places to access me. And Honeyroot, if you are a woman on this journey of empowerment and embodiment, and you happen to find yourself in California, please find yourself, find your way over to Honeyroot because it's just such a magical um, co-creative experience that happens in that community. Uh, so again, we are talking with Dev Bree about a spiritual journey into the body, and we're going to really dive deep into this when we return. So stay tuned. There's some really good stuff coming up. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer -peer learning, intensive one-on-one -on -one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. All right, Dev. So I would love to hear from you just a little bit more about your willingness to go into some darker spaces. And if you want to give a, an example from your life, you're welcome. You don't have to by any mm -hmm. means, but to just give people a little bit of a taste of as to why they might want to be, have a willingness to maybe look at some of those more challenging spaces and sit inside of them and what's possible through that. Cause I think there's a lot of fear in a lot of people around stopping long enough to let their feelings catch up with them. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely uh, in my life has required a dedication and a devotion to self-knowing, which is a big part of my spiritual path. Um, I think of self-knowing as something that allows me to be in relation to more of the world. And so it's a pretty big uh, ask of myself, but I, but I, I want to know how to relate to more of the world. And that means uh, more people that are having all different experiences. That means different environments that might require um, different states from me. For example, if I'm in a quote, less safe environment, I'm going to need to find a little more of that, that warrior energy that I found a lot of in the darker places. Um, if I'm going into a tender environment where, uh, where my energy body needs to be really awake and sensitive. Um, I need to find the medicine that I have found when I've gone into particularly vulnerable spaces inside of myself. And so this is really a, a get-to-know-me game so that I can be in relation to more of the world um, that surrounds me. And uh, 
and it's also a path that was kind of demanded of me. You know, I had, um, in some ways, a really beautiful upbringing, and in other ways, I got to meet um, death uh, quite early when uh, when my father died when I was young. And not only the death part, but the the watching the strongest man in my life um, have a body that was deteriorating from cancer. You know, that's a that's a very particular view for a young person to to be so close into that. Um, I had uh, pretty early experiences with um, depression and death through a, a my first boyfriend um, deciding that this life wasn't for him and taking his own life and and continued into my young adult life and into my adulthood just having experiences that brought me very close to um, to the the pre-death and then the dying experience most recently with uh, with my brother who I saw through his final passages mm-hmm. so there's there's a way that that those relationships um, kind of demanded my attention uh, and then there's also just how my body, what my body has gone through in terms of um, different pregnancies and losses around that. And, and the biggest one being, um, being my own personal journey of looking at how I was skirting away from a lot of this pain, which was a 10 to 12 year experience with, um, with a very severe eating disorder of my mm-hmm. own, which, uh, any sort of addiction, I would say, is a way that we are skirting around some of those d- more difficult feelings. And to bring the innocence into it, I don't, I don't wrong myself for choosing a way out of those feelings. I just needed to find environments, both within my own body and within relationship of community, that could hold um, some of the textures that I needed to go into if I was going to to really address, like, what am I skirting away from? What am I what am I going to food for rather than spending time slowing down and getting to know myself? And for years, I was very active in the process of um, trying to stay with that which I was skirting around. And so I'm not saying this is an easy process, but to be dedicated to it and devoted to it mm-hmm. so that you can be with more of yourself, so that you can be with more of the world, that's... That's kind of where will has to come in. Like I, I'm choosing this. Yeah. And and what role has your relationship to body played in all of this? I mean, since this, since this is our topic of spiritual journey into the body, and I know that just from knowing you and knowing your work, that you work so closely with how the body is expressing. Mm-hmm. And I, I would just love it if you could talk a little bit more about that for our listeners of like you know, maybe some, something that they could take away and use in how, how the body speaks to us mm-hmm. in, in relationship to some of these more challenging spaces. Yeah, thank you. Uh, well, you mentioned in the beginning of our time together, you mentioned the nervous system. And mm-hmm. I'd say that um, it's everything. It's everything when it comes to, can I be with this feeling? So, um, grief and uh, anxiety, uh, two feelings that pretty much all bodies I know have experienced at one time or another, and yet two feelings that, uh, that our culture really doesn't help us get to know. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we're not very friendly to them as a dominant culture, at least here in the in the United States of America. And um, if I have experienced any sort of trauma, which most of us women have, uh, let alone all bodies, being in a colonized world, um, if I have experienced some trauma that I had to work through on my own, it means that when I bump into a situation that feels like, quote, too much for my body, I will feel a little bit of a buzz or I'll feel some anxiety that uh, ultimately I want to sit down and breathe into. But for years, I'd say I um, skirted away from uh, in staying busy or in distracting myself or in moving to food for a way to soothe my nervous system. So it really took uh, my practices of meditation and the practices of stilling myself when I wanted to keep moving. Um, For some of us, it's that we get so still, we get frozen. Mm -hmm. And in our body, we actually uh, want to bring breath and motion into our body so that we can uh, feel the feelings of anxiety so that we can feel the buzz that's moving through our body so that we can be in relation to some of the thoughts that that come up and tell us "Uh oh something's wrong Um, so for some of us it's stilling our body and for some of us it's actually putting it in motion Um, yeah I'll start there yeah and how do you tell the difference how do you know if you're somebody who for whom you need to bring movement or for whom you need to bring stillness Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, hopefully, um, if you're someone who does, I'll I'll name some some things that you might experience if you're one who stills your body, Uh, you might go into your thoughts. Um, You might be sitting down and just be almost journeying into the concerns or the worries in your thoughts or what you could do about the situation that you're in. you might be someone who actually gets kind of a blank stare. So you might just be staring into space or staring into space, although you're having a, a inner, <laughs> inner vision um, in your inner eye. Um, you might be someone that notices, if you take time to notice, that you are breathing um, very shallowly. Um, that your body is getting very still, that your spine is getting quite uh, erect. Um, So for you, if you are one who stills your body when you're getting overwhelmed, breathing into your belly, breathing into your solar plexus, meaning the kind of the the rib cage area and the diaphragm, um, and literally just bringing some movement into your spine and maybe into your shoulders and into your hips, just bringing a little bit of the wiggle and the undulation back into life, into your life, can be really helpful. Um, If you are someone who who stays more busy and, oh, now I need to clean this in my house and now I need to tend that in my car and now I need to, you know, work with my child, uh, even though they seem to be doing just fine over there on their own. you're, you're someone that could probably use uh, just sitting, you know, and finding a sit spot can be so helpful. Um, and not one where you're on your own. You know, I, I used for years a sit spot with a tree 
so that I could go have a relationship with something. I don't have to be with this on my own. I'm saying, oh, tree, tree that I'm getting to know so well, tree that can hold all of my weight, you know, tree that is so sturdy in relation to what feels uh, not so sturdy in my body. I'm here with you. So I'll go and put my, my butt on the roots and my, my back uh, at the trunk of the tree and be still and give myself some breath. Or if you have a, a favorite chair to sit in or a cushion, if you're a meditator or want to create a meditation practice, having a place where you can actually go, um, where you can build that relationship with more stillness can be really helpful. And, uh, and literally, if, you, if you're kind of twitchy or shaky or Maybe you shake your hands a lot when you build energy in your body just to kind of like get rid of some of it. Oh, you get angry, but you kind of like shake your arms out or shake your hands. Sometimes actually stilling yourself means, oops, you got to be with this anger. You got to be with the frustration. You got to be with the tension in your body in a different way. So those are some some how-tos there. Yeah. And that's, you know, I tend to, a lot of my clients tend to be more of the, the doer on the doer side of the scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that even just the, the prospect of going and sitting still can be kind of a little nerve wracking. And there's a, there's a lot that comes up in, in response to that idea yeah. of even just going to sit. St- I mean, there's like, well, but I have to be productive. I had, there's like all of these things that the world will end if I don't attend to no I know uh, it's so sweet and so agonizing (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I I think that there's a I I just want to really emphasize the the deep medicine to be found in the sitting and and also acknowledge that if that's not your go-to like that can be really uncomfortable yes yes absolutely and in the world of somatics and the world of body that I that I work in, we use this uh, fancy word that, of course, came from chemistry, which is titration. Mm. Um, which is if that's uncomfortable for you, uh, producer types, ones that stay in motion, so that you can, uh, at least in your in your thinking, uh, <laughs> keep your life going and tend to life so that it doesn't fall apart. Because, um, you know, there's no new universal forces keeping the planets in orbit or anything. That's right. You it's, have to do all to that. <laughs> it's up to you. It's up to you. Um, and by the way, just to say, it's really cool to do something different than what we usually do yeah. because all of a sudden we get to see the world functioning differently than we thought it could. Mm-hmm. And so, again, that possibility and opportunity, like producer types, people that can stay in motion – the only way to see that the world is actually taking care of itself more than you realize is to not be the caretaker of all the things. You can't actually have the experience of getting to know that there's a bigger force at work if you don't take yourself out of the equation sometimes. Okay. So just to give, give a moment to that. And, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, titration is something that says, how about you go and sit down for one minute? that eventually becomes two minutes, that eventually becomes five minutes. But don't go torture yourself because if you go and torture yourself, you're not going to want to do it next time. Right. So in speaking, Tatiana, to what you were saying, that this can be incredibly uncomfortable. Titration is the kind of thing that says, move into something that's uncomfortable to expand your experience and then go back to what you know. 
go back to your busy body, go back to tending your house in the way you're tending or whatever you are uh, keeping yourself busy your from. business or whatever. Your business, you. right. And then, and then go and sit again and see if you can take this time, oh, five more breaths there. Mm-hmm. And then go back to what you know again. So we're building the capacity through being very kind to ourselves by saying, yes, I'm going to be uncomfortable for a minute, but not for 20 minutes. Right. You know, <laughs> so, yeah, so just taking ourselves into new territory, into that darker, uh, less known territory with, with a lot of kindness as well. I think that's such a really key piece that you named because I think a lot of people come at this, especially the, the producer types because they're yeah. so success driven, you know? And so it's yeah. like, okay, well, if I'm in a, if I'm in a, decide to start meditating or start sitting, I'm going to be the best meditator. I'm going to, I'm going to do 30 minutes a day, you know, and go from, from zero to 60. And you kind of set yourself up for failure on a certain level because you are entering into territory that's so uncomfortable. Right. And so I, I love that. And I think a lot of people, I mean, you hear like, Oh, one minute, I could totally do one minute, you know, like what's a minute. Yes. I can sit for one minute. Although you might find if you set your timer for one minute to sit still, if you're not used to sitting still, that's a long minute. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, but you do, you do grow the, the ability to be in relationship to that stillness. And it's so incredibly valuable. Um, I can't emphasize enough the, the value in finding stillness and being willing to find stillness. Yeah. And and for those that are in motion a lot, what it means is that that thing we're calling stillness probably is going to have a lot of inner movement in it. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a strong beating heart or or a lot of tension that brings a lot of sensation or there's going to be a strong buzz or pulsation. There might be a lot of thoughts that come. Mm-hmm. So when we still our outer body, we, we might have the experience of being in relation to all the movement in our inner body that our busy life is moving away from. So just to normalize that we're not necessarily going into a Om Shanti place right. of, of peace when we talk about stillness. We're talking yes. about stilling the outer so that we can get to know the inner. Yeah. And then getting to be in relation to that inner world. Um, in a completely different way. I mean, maybe sometimes for the first time, be actually be in relation to it, mm-hmm. getting to know it. Yeah, yeah. And if we can find a way to cultivate that kind of like, I want to get to know this, perhaps a stranger, you know, or perhaps, oh, this, this energy in me that I started to move away from uh, when I was three years old and, and, and started in my getting compliments for how much I was uh, running around the house and entertaining people or, you know, whatever these early things were that, that applauded our, our doer or our mover, um, kind of bringing a friendly attitude to like, who is in here? What is in here that I have not gotten to know yet? Uh, because there really is um, all these things that we consider our psychological challenges or things like, oh, this belief system that I have to work when we take it into the body and just say, actually, what if it's just building a relationship with some of these sensations that you're not usually paying attention to? 
what if that was the doorway into to quote fixing or working or relaxing that belief system that keeps you going in that way it's a hard link to make unless you actually try it out and see like oh my gosh my world just expanded in ways i didn't know was possible simply because i made room for them in my body yeah you know, it's a hard it's a hard thing to prove i it's a hard thing for me to prove that it works that way right. you got to try it <laughs> i yes Absolutely. And because, because, and, and that was so beautiful because my next question was going to be like, why, why would anyone want to make a conscious choice to sit down and meet their anxiety and like really sit inside of it? Like why, like that sounds like a crazy thing to do. It's so uncomfortable. Like why would I want to do that? But I think you really just named like the expansion and it's true. You can't, you cannot know it until you have allowed yourself the time and the space to actually dive into it yeah i mean I, and i want to i want to talk about about grief for a moment with you because that's a that's a portal that you and i have both yeah. um traveled and i think it's a, a place where we really connect in that yeah. you know we have this idea of grief that it's a totally negative experience and it, damn straight it's hard Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also in my experience, it's like one of the most powerful portals to God, you know, to source, yeah, to connection, to the heart, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, and 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 the words that I think are <clears throat> link what we were just speaking about, which is why into this place of grief for me is that the the dedication to moving through something rather mm-hmm. than around it uh the two words that i'm hearing are it opens choice and it leads to more freedom which yes. as far as i know are two things that most people would agree we are all seeking mm-hmm. uh choice and freedom so if there are parts of my own my own body meaning uh, emotions I'm having, sensations I'm having, um, and in this case, grief that I am steering away from, I am limiting my choices. I like the fact that we have the possibility to steer around things that we don't want to be with. I am so glad that when we need to tend feeding our family at night, that there might be a possibility that we can put something on a shelf and say, oh, dear heartache. I'm going to shelve you right now and I'm going to come back. I'm glad that we have that function. Mm -hmm. If we overuse that function and say, you know, I'll get to you when I'm right before I die, uh, we might not get there. (laughs) And so something like grief of actually being in, you know, here's here's our, our tools or our medicines of being able to breathe into it and let the sensation itself move through us. As you just said, um, the places that it leads to uh, within the heart, um, within our relationship to source and God, um, it's almost like it's hard to get to those textures of our life without using the portal of grief. And it really is something to be with the movement of grief, which, by the way, often has um, a very strong undulation through the spine. Mm. Um, if we think of cultures that actually are still set up for grief of, of wailing women mm-hmm. in a circle, um, 
there is a right from the ground, right from the ground, right from the root, through our tail, uh, through our spine, and then all the way out through our throat, through our mouth, through our eyes, um, that there can be, you know, the howling and the the big feelings that come when we breathe into some of these undulations. Now, if we've grown up in a family or in a, a subculture that hasn't normalized that, no one's no one showed us how to do it. Um, it can be a really great idea to uh, bring ourselves in relation to one person, two people, three people, let alone uh, group spaces that are that are working with grief. Because grief is one of those that it is such a big feeling yeah. that sometimes we actually need other nervous systems to be around to help us move some of that energy. It's something that, uh, as far as I can tell, was built into um, our bodies as something that we ought to do with other bodies. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a very hard thing to access on our own. And yet we can set up ritual space for ourselves if we know, oh gosh, that buried grief from five years ago or from 15 years ago, let alone from last week that I haven't moved, um, we can set up ritual space for ourselves. So we say, I'm just going to breathe and undulate a bit and bring some of those painful um, experiences to mind. So those three things, I'm going to set up a ritual space, breathe and undulate, or I guess that's two, mm-hmm. and bring something to mind and just see where that takes me. Um, so, and yes. Sound. Sound. And sound. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I, I found sound to be such a powerful mover of grief. I mean, yes. I've, I've yes. had moments where I just let it move through my body. And there is, there is that, that undulation up the spine. It's, and it's, you know, grief, grief moves in waves through our life and also mm-hmm. through our body. Um, mm-hmm. But that, that being able to move it with sound, it's like you almost let yourself be cried. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. I, I so clearly in my life as a, you know, as a yogi and as a dancer, the, 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 the sound and the breath have gotten so linked for me. And I forget that that's not true for most people. So yeah. thank you for bringing that in that the, you know, I brought the, the howling in or it can be, yeah. Ah, yeah. Ah. I even feel when I do that, a little bit of shaking that I can find right away with just, it can be gentle sound or it can be that big sound. And uh, 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 really allowing it to come from the belly can be something that um, helps us access it. So yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, and so you you mentioned something in, that I think is so important and that I want to touch on a little bit more in the time that we have left together, which is borrowing other people's nervous systems. You know, I had mm. never heard um, community described in that way until I met you, and it really landed something for me in such a huge way and not just not just the words that you use but the way that you really set up the space at at Honeyroot for that and I would love you to just talk about the importance of that a little bit more about how we do that and how we do it well Mm, yeah well uh, the good news is it's it's we're we're doing it anyway. We just kind of need to get in relation to it. So if we look at the natural world, if we look at the world of, of plants or or mycelium or I mean any any anywhere we can find it or the the birds flying in the sky together, it's like there is a way that there is a bigger movement that is occurring called life, <laughs> and it is moving through uh, at least in our human bodies um, and and many animal bodies the nervous system itself. So. 
um, when I'm feeling something big, whether it's, uh, and this brings us into like when people experience so much anger in their body, there's, there's the version of I'm going to squeeze down on this and contain it so that I don't hurt anyone around me or so that I don't get into trouble or so that I don't lose love. But then there's those of us that um, when we are in relation to our other it's like we can't help but have the anger come through us. And part of what's going on there, I'm bringing in anger just so we don't leave out the other emotions as well, <laughs> these, some of these darker ones, uh, darker meaning we, we, we live in a, a dominant culture that doesn't um, shine light on it often. It's like uh, we get in relation to others and we can move some of this bigger energy. We are social beings. We are built for relationship, thank goodness. Um, but unfortunately, when it comes to some of these emotions like grief and anger, uh, even anxiety, um, because they are the things that we haven't uh, said yes to a lot, we attempt to be with them on our own. And there is something so magical and so powerful if we can actually put ourselves in relation to other bodies that can help us move some of the energy. And that doesn't even mean that we have to do more than holding someone's hand or uh, literally bringing our body close to another body that might have the capacity to hold a little bit with us or hold a lot with us. If I'm someone that has gotten very comfortable with moving anger through my body, um, I don't have a lot of judgment around it. I don't have um, a lot of concern of uh, hurting someone because I've learned to channel it or move it in my body in a way that really feels self-responsible. To be in relation to someone that does not know how to do that, has not had the, the companionship that helps them through it, I'm a really useful body because I'm going to literally be able to take some of that energy that is having trouble moving through that system that has closed channels or, or tight muscles, and I'm going to be another body there that can say yes with my body. And not only with my eyes and my hopefully friendly face towards this, you know, this anger or my grief or the, or the grief or the anxiety, but just to say yes with my body, meaning I will let some of that actual tension uh, move through me. Maybe I can actually find movement where someone else has tension. Um, and then if we do that, if we put ourselves in relation to many bodies, oh my gosh, what we have the capacity to move is um, it's just multiplied. And so I hope that's clear enough that, that we're just working how um, just how nature is set up, which is we're one body, but we're moving energy that might be bigger than what our one body knows how to move. And if we put ourselves in relation to other bodies, we just have more access to more channels. Yeah. And I think, but I think it's so important to name, especially in the culture that we have set up right now, because we are so disconnected from other bodies in a lot of ways. You know, we're, we're more and more of our connection. We're going to social media to find it. And when you're on social media, when you're, when you're communicating through distance with somebody else, whether that distance is, you know, the physical distance is through a phone, through a screen, that sharing of nervous systems doesn't happen. Right, right. Yeah, not in the same way. We're hooked up a little bit, but in, right. not in that full embodied way. And I, I, I would just want to invite people to, for, for those of us that say, but I don't have a space for that, or I don't know who to go to for that, mm -hmm. 
see if you can find, and this is, you know, a risk to take, I understand, but see if you can actually be the one that invites it. Invite one person over, invite one friend over, invite a group of women over, invite a, a group of friends over um, to say, hey, can we, can we try this out? I've heard, you know, on Tatiana's uh, uh, <laughs> podcast that, that there's really something to this. Would you be willing to experiment with me? Um, it's, it's really simple when we look at other cultures that haven't gotten so disconnected that there's something to this. There's something yes. to allowing one body to, to be in circle with others, um, whether it be uh, holding hands or whether it be um, a circle that uh, is around a body as they start to move some bigger energy. Um, but the, the, the being in contact is actually a stronger hookup. So I want to encourage people, whether it's holding hands or a hand on someone's back, or it can even just be a little pinky, but to, to connect our network, just like the mycelium teaches us, just like our root systems of trees teach us, um, especially those trees that are, you know, kind of one tree popping up all over the place, um, to, to literally put your body in relation to another body. And it doesn't need to be in a big way. It can be in a little way and see what happens and stay in relation to the fact that it's happening. There's some of us that are holding another person's hand, but we actually are so in our aloneness. We're so accustomed to being alone in our feeling that we actually lose contact in some way. We take right. our attention away from that warm hand, that warm hand on our back or that warm hand that's holding, um, our hand in their hand. So keep your attention connected to the connection itself and see what that does for, um, for, for your felt sense. Can I feel more in relation to another body? Check that out. Mm, so beautiful. Thank you so much, Dev, that you've just, you've offered so much wisdom and so much value. This was an awesome conversation and I'm just oh, grateful, God. grateful to you for showing up for it. And I love you. Too. Do we have do we have time for me just to say the uh, uh, one one comment about just the why again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So f for those of us with superpowers or exploring our superpowers, it's because we want to make an impact. It's because we want yes. to see the world looking more like we'd like it to look, yes. and and going into the body and allowing ourselves to be in more relation to more parts of ourselves gives us the capacity to have impact. So, so I can't impact a space if I am scared of it. Mm. I can't impact a space yes. if I feel like my anger is going to be too much for it. Yes. I want to be in relation to more of the energy that moves through my body so that I can have the impact I want to have, so that my superpowers can actually conduct the world before me so, and around me. So um, as far as this as a spiritual path, it's because I want to be the conductor uh, as much as possible with my friends, with my with my colleagues to creating more of the world I want to see. So, so there's the purpose to this, and it's not just the get to know to uh, get to know me game. It's also because I want to have an impact. So, just want to yes, thank highlight you that. that. Thank you for that for all those change agents who are out there listening to this. Because yeah. yes, and um, thank you, Dev, so much mm -hmm. again. I just. I'm I'm really really honored to to know you and to to have access to everything that you you carry with you all the gifts that you carry and that you share so beautifully. That's mm. a real honor for me. So for those of our listeners out there today, um, I love you too, and 
Today, I'm going to invite you to go out and love yourself by putting into practice some of the really key, important, such valuable material that Dev has given us in this conversation. You know, Mm -hmm. try it out. Love yourself in that way so that you can love the world more deeply. Yes. Many blessings. Mm -hmm. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.